Welcome back to Sharp Stats. Today is July 24th. You're probably listening. Um, as we've started to do, we'll, we do our fake predictions heading into the game. The Yankees just had a nice bounce back win over the Twins. That might not be true. As, as we currently know, they've lost their past two games. Um, we're not going to talk too, too much about that. Uh, we're we're going to talk some of the good stuff. We're joined by KT Sharp. John Boys might be in and out this episode. He's got a lot going on. Myself, talking Jake. We've got some fun. Everybody wants to talk trades. Katie Sharp's got some good insight for us on that. And then we're going to get you some of the kind of bright stories from the the middle half of this season. Uh, Mikey T, maybe a quick hailstorm. Don't bring your umbrellas out. <laughs> um, most importantly, I'm joined by KT Sharp. Let's, uh, let's talk some Yanks and some Sharp stats. Yeah, and let's we'll, do it. I mean... We'll- it's been a, it's been a huge week for you guys, and I'm just so excited to be on this week. You know, coming wide, riding this wave of momentum. Just uh, so proud to be talking uh, talking Yanks with you guys. We're uh, and Katie, we're we're proud. You're proud, and you should be proud too. Um, we uh, we love sharp stats, and I think it's something that. Especially, I don't know if you you listen, not putting you on the spot, Katie, but the end of last night's voicemail episode crossed into kind of a threshold of weird that Jimmy and I haven't brought to the public world yet, which I think means we're getting even more comfortable, which I think should scare people. Um, I, a lot of those jokes didn't even make sense. Intern, intern Luke reached out afterwards and was like, what were you guys doing? Is that like a running joke? And we were like, nope, that... uh." That just got a little weird. So I, so Katie, you you help when we bring home an episode like this. In last week's episode, I'm I'm blanking on what we. Oh, we talked about the base running, and that took place in that very game. Didi and Glaber got thrown out on the same play. Um, and then what? What else? What's one was, other uh, thing happened that was right on topic? It was uh, it was the Didi. Breakout. So I was like, "Hey, Dee yes. ready to break out. He's this is just a slump. He's you know he's too good to be to have this for longer." And then he hit the grand slam. I mean, the, the salami. And we all know that was a huge hit. And it was. I mean, he hasn't done a ton since then, but he's been more productive. Um, so yeah, yeah well, gotta listen to sh- sharp stats if you want to be uh, be the smartest Yankee fan out there. If you want, if you want to be educated, it, it always it always impresses me. I'm sure a lot of the stuff we talk about today. Uh, you'll end up hearing in, in the coming week or so. And I, I think the bigger thing about that, Katie, um, what everyone's going to be hearing about in the coming week or so is the upcoming trade deadline. We're, what, eight days away? Um, uh, yeah, the 31st. I, so I guess as when we they're listening, this, about eight days. Yeah, when they're week. listening, it'll be one week on the nose. Um, and when we're recording the next Sharp Stats, I guess it'll be the day before. So I don't know how predictive we want to try to be. Um, but Katie, the topic all season, um, whether right or wrong as a Yankee fan, cause you need something to look into, especially when Luis Severino went down, let's be honest, um, was the Yankees looking for a starting pitcher, um, whether that be top flight or whatever it may, we, we've heard all the names at, by this point, Mad Bum, Mike Miner, Stroman, um, I, I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm sure there's many Robbie Ray tweets out there. Um, Katie, you, A, 
when you reached when you reached out with some of the initial topics, you have some awesome stats just about what the Yankees starting pitching staff is doing. So I think we probably want to start there so we have the information and may, maybe once we have that we can go on to kind of some of the guys out there and who would be the right fit. Yeah, let's let's start there. So I kind of just wanted I was really just wanted to get a true kind of sense of what the of what the state of our pitching is right now. Rotation, bullpen, whatever. What do you got? And kind of just the big picture, you know, 30,000-foot view, macro view, is what I see in our rotation. And I don't know, this might be shocking to people. It might not be. I don't want I mean, it's a hot take in the sense that, you know, it's different than what other people might think. But um, we have basically, we have four good guys, but, no great guys. So, and that's, I mean, you can think of that as a positive. We've got, a, we've got some good rotation depth in terms of, you know, being able to roll out adequate, you know, above average or average pitchers um, on, a, on, a, on a nightly basis. But at the same time, we don't have that elite ace pitcher that a lot of teams, you know, that you think of are good postseason contenders have. Um, and the way that I kind of define this and the way that I looked at it is that in terms of the rotation depth is that we have four pitchers that have made at least 15 starts and have an ERA plus that's an adjusted ERA. So it kind of adjusts for the, for the league and the, and the ballpark. It's, it's a stat I really like to use to compare across, um, different leagues. So we have, uh, four pitchers with 15 starts and a 101 ERA plus or better, so above average. 100 is average. Anything above 100 is an above average ERA. Anything um, below 100 is a below average ERA, and that's relative to the league. Um, so we've got four of those. That's that's really good, actually. Um, we are just we are one of seven teams in the majors to have that. Um, the other six are pretty good. The Twins, the Cubs, the Reds. Yes, the Reds. The Astros, yeah. uh, the Nationals, and the Dodgers um, all have, you know, the the same depth as as our team in terms of that having good, you know, good adequate average pitchers. And it, it, that that list you just rattled off, Katie, if if you're pretty tuned into Yankees land, and it's kind of who whoever you see next series of the playoffs might be one of the first times you see them or same with maybe, maybe you're just an AL person. The, the list of teams you just rattled off is kind of the who's who's of contenders this season. Yeah. It's basically all division leaders except for the reds. Um, and, uh, and then the Braves are not on that list. They're the other division leader that right. is not on that list. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so that's great. I mean, you're, you're there with the elite division leaders and, in terms of rotation depth, that's what good teams have. The problem is that uh, none of our guys are elite. And the way I define that as within ERA plus of 140 or better, so 40% better than the league. We don't have a guy like that right now. Um, Domingo Herman is our closest. Uh, he's at, I think, 134 right now. I could be wrong. So, um, And is, is there but, a way, not, not to bring us too far off no. the rails, Katie, but I mean... Everyone obviously looks at Houston, Justin Verlander, what he's done the past year or two, uh, Garrett Cole, what he's doing this year. Um, you know, the Dodgers have some elite guys out there. What, I, 
is there a way to quantify the difference between like it, you just said 40% better when you said the ERA of 140 plus I mean if if we roll out say Tanaka's got a 130 um he's 30% better but Garrett Cole's 160 does that mean in theory Garrett Cole is like 30% better than Tanaka like I, I guess I'm just trying to figure out how I, I should think about I that wouldn't... in my head yeah, yeah, that's a very good question. I wouldn't say that he's thirty percent better than 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 Tanaka, um, because you can't really make in terms of like the math it, that that doesn't really make sense, right? Um, in terms of going from one thirty to thirty, but he is considerably better um, than than Tanaka, and you know that's that's kind of where I like I wanted to draw the line um, because like just in terms of the number of pitchers that have a 140 plus or better is, is kind of the elite. I think there's only about 30 or something um, right. in the league. Um, so that's like your aces basically. Um, but yeah, so, and the thing is with, you know, I said that the Yankees don't have uh, any of those elite pitchers. Well, the one thing in common that those other six teams have is that they do. And, at least all 16 teams in the majors have at least one of those pitchers. Um, you know, some teams have more and Yankees are right. one of the 14 that don't. And all those 14 um, are not in playoff are either close to playoff. You know, some are close to playoff position, but um, none of them are firmly in playoff position right now. Um, and when you say that, so it, it, it makes so much sense that that would be everyone's concern. Because when yeah. every, every other team in playoff contention has that guy, the Yankees technically don't. Exactly. And that is, you know, that's why I think, you know, and this is kind of like where my conclusion is going, is, uh, and I've got some other stats I want to bring up, but basically, um, if the Yankees are going to look for a starter, they really need that elite, elite guy, Right. Um, it doesn't really make sense for them to go out and get like an innings eater like they did last year with Jaime Garcia. Um, and even J.A. Happ wasn't really thought of as an elite guy. He did pitch very well for us um, down the stretch last season, but I don't think the Yankees thought of him as a difference maker. Um, so, you know, my sense is that, you know, the only really starting pitcher that's really worth it that seems to be on the market right now is Marcus Stroman, who does fit that criteria of a 140 ERA plus or better. Uh, Mike Miner would be the other guy, um, but who knows so, what the Rangers are going to do at this point. And there was a, a report out, I think, uh, yesterday with Ken Rosenthal that said the, the Yankees were not impressed with Miner. Um, does, does Luis so, Castillo land on that list, Katie? He does, yes. Okay. Yes. Luis, I just don't, I don't see the Reds. <laughs> right, his his price him, tag yes. would be would be next level. I I I think uh, that's something Jimmy and I mentioned briefly. That I I don't think yeah. him and I, or actually him and I are are more eye to eye than we thought. I mean that would be like four elite prospects, which uh, I I know yeah. we've seen the prospect huggers on the internet. So for for now, if if he ends up in pinstripes, <laughs> we can probably be happy about it, but we'll leave him out for now. Right. Um. And so then kind of going along with this theory of, you know, the Yankees have this good depth, you know, good depth, but no great pitcher, no elite guy. And I think that's pretty obvious to most people is the fact that the, the, the secret, the dirty little secret with the Yankees uh, starting rotation is that they are t 
terrible going the third and fourth time through the order. I mean, they are literally the second worst team in the majors in pretty much any stat you want the second and third time through the order. Wow. Uh, behind the, the Angels are the worst. So if you want to look at the batting average allowed, the slugging percentage allowed, the WOBA allowed, um, ERA, all second worst in the majors. Uh, and this is not just one guy bringing it down. Like, right. literally every our, – our five guys – um, are all below average um, going the third and fourth time through the order. Well, when you flip it around and look at the first and second time through the order, we're top 10. We're, we're the eighth. We're the eighth best. Uh, we have the eighth lowest WOBA and uh, one of the 10 lowest uh, ERAs and, and all the, those other stats. Um, so it's really a flip and a switch there. And kind of uh, that brings me to my second point is that it makes more sense in my eyes to, you know, not just settle for getting a starter, but you really need to build up that bullpen depth. They really need to go out. I think they really can add more value um, going for, for more relievers. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I think about is that a reliever can make an impact every single game, right? right. And especially, especially in, the, in post- the playoffs. Ah, and, yes, especially you had it. in the playoffs. Damn it. In the playoffs, uh, last year was the first time that uh, 50% of the innings went to relievers. This is across the entire playoffs for the first time in, 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 in playoff history. And that's a trend that's, that's going to keep going up. I mean, there is no doubt that that is going to be a, a continuing trend. So it's the Yankees, and actually the Yankees are in already, even before they go out with the trade line, are in position to kind of roll out these these bullpen weapons, um, you know, after four or five innings from our starter, um, which no one else can. Um, so what I looked at is the number of relievers that we have with an ERA plus of 150 or better. So that's 50% better than league average. These are high-end bullpen guys and at least 30 innings pitched. We have five of those guys right now, and no one else has more than three. So my theory is let's let's just build on this strength, you know? These relievers can make an impact every day. Maybe you get one at least starter. Like let's say we do get a Marcus Stroman. He's going to only be able to sort of bring us from the way, way, way bottoms to maybe average, you know? And he's only going to have an impact every five days, maybe every four days if they, if they really want to stretch it. Um, and Katie, and, correct uh, me if... Correct me if I'm wrong here and if the stats wouldn't line up, but, uh, and I don't know Stroman's third and fourth time through the order numbers, but I mean, either way, especially when it comes playoff time, I mean, when you crunch all the numbers and put them in the blender, I think if you're looking at sixth inning Marcus Stroman third time through the order, or you're looking at Canely, Adovino, Britton, one of those guys, you're still going to one of those guys. I mean, that's what the numbers would tell you, right? Absolutely. I mean, Strowman is is good during the you know third and fourth time through the order. He holds up. You know, he doesn't have that uh, typical fall off that most pitchers do. Um, so he is better than the average. But it, I mean, it still it doesn't make sense that it, we know in in the postseason that the trend has been you know four innings. If you can get four innings at your starter and you have four bullpen guys with an ERA plus of 150 or better that you can roll out um, and with the rest days in the, in the postseason, um, 
you definitely have the advantage there. And uh, so, that, I mean, and also the fact that we, we've had success with this opener bullpen strategy that we've been using this season. Um, I've been tracking this, and, you know, I think we're 9-0 and now in those bullpen games. Um, Chester, uh, which is for people who are just starting to listen, that's the Chad Green-Nester combo. They've oh, got the a talking Yanks, point. The talking Yanks faithful know Chester, Katie. All right. Well, I don't know if you like, <laughs> you know, however you like to call them. But Chester has a, a 3.33 ERA in yeah. our opener games. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> that's an excellent number. When you consider that the average American League pitcher has a 4.40 ERA. Um, so, in my opinion, and this is, this is my take, is that you can't just settle for a starter. You definitely can't settle for any starter. You need to bulk up the bullpen and try and, you know, build on that strength and just, you know, pummel people with, that, uh, with those arms. Yeah, and Katie, I, I, I loved when I first read this in the email you sent over because it makes a lot of sense. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense, especially because the, the one concept that's kind of been going through my head and Jimmy and I currently have some conflict on is that I feel like Brian Cashman believes so firmly in this, in how he's built this organization. Brian Cashman, I think he already thinks he built the Death Star. I think that's why he didn't go out and get Harper Machado. I think he thinks with these layers of young depth, and we keep seeing these young guys, I personally think he wouldn't put together a giant package for Luis Castillo. Jimmy says there's, he thinks there's a chance of that. I think so too, because you could, I mean, you could flip that right on its head instantly and be like, yeah, I mean, the, the Yankees, if they're a big arm away from going to the next level, yeah, do it, punch it, and let's run it for the next five years. Um, the reliever thing makes so much sense, though. And, and when you do talk about the playoffs, I mean, if you throw Chad in the mix, which I think you should at this point because he's been incredible so far. We've talked about him on Sharp Stats. You can legitimately get <laughs> seven playoff innings out of Chad <laughs> Green and the four horsemen um, if, if you get two innings out of another guy. Uh, so I, I think it kind of does make more, more sense that you know, the Yankees probably will bring in a starting pitcher, and I guess I think they are going to bring in a starting pitcher. That article came out yesterday that was saying the Yankees are guaranteed to. That just made me laugh out loud. Um, but I, I think I think they're going to bring someone in. Stroman does make sense to me, especially with all the other numbers you just added. But I think there's also a chance it could just be kind of an innings eater, like you mentioned, just to have them around if they need it and getting an elite bullpen guy. Because if you get another bullpen guy, I mean, you can in theory do a full game with elite bullpen guys, which is insanity. Um, and we haven't even mentioned the wild card of Dellen Batances, which if he can come back and be Dellen Batances again, I mean, you're talking about what would be the best bullpen ever assembled, and that's not hyperbole. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm getting helped out by the fact that baseball has clearly changed a lot in the last few years, but it genuinely be, would be the best bullpen ever. Yeah, and my theory is that the more sort of, I mean, we all know bullpens can be, can be erratic, right? It's, it's, you know, they're, they're a little bit finicky. Um, and so the more kind of lottery tickets you put in there, right, 
the better chance you have of rolling out a guy that's going to have a good night. Right. Um, so that's another one of my theories with kind of trying to bulk up the bullpen. And, you know, I, the one caveat you said that, you know, if the Yankees do get somebody, they may just go for that innings eater. My theory is, yeah, but that would just be to get them to the end of the regular season, right? Right. If you really want to think about the playoffs and you want – and then – and the, the Yankees, have, you know, they're at a point now where obviously they are going to make the playoffs and they're in a pretty good position to win the division. This was not true last year. Remember last year, I, believe, I think the Yankees last year were, were sort of more, were more desperate. They were more of a position like, hey, let's try and get the division. Um, the Yankees don't have to worry about this, that this year as much. I mean, I'm, not gonna, I'm not making any predictions yet because it is still, you know, the end of July. Anything can happen. But the Yankees should be thinking more about the postseason. Um, and that, and the, and the difference makers in the postseason would be an incredibly strong bullpen, in my opinion. Yeah. And I, I think uh, the one of the bigger topics that has been going around the Yankees' world is kind of the playoff rotation. And I think uh, I saw Jimmy, who's, who's returned to us, he was battling the front on Twitter today, basically saying that, like, a, I mean, Masahiro Tanaka has done nothing this season or in the past years to show that you shouldn't believe in him in the postseason. Um, he, he should be in that postseason rotation. Um, I think where things get interesting would be, let's, let's say we make a trade and it's for one of the guys everyone's talking about. It's either Stroman, Miner, Mad Bum, Robbie Ray, you're back in the mix. Just one, one of those guys who potentially could be good for us. I think if you get one of those guys with Paxton and Herman, then you say, okay, by the end of the year, we need two of those guys to be right, and we have three guys that we can kind of believe going into the postseason we can use. And I'll, uh, I'll, I'll bring Jimmer back into the mix with that. I mean, do you, do you think that's where we're going? Do you like the adding a bullpen guy, Jim? Are you, are you with Kate's on that? Yeah, well, I saw the email. I didn't see, I didn't hear what you guys were talking about earlier. Uh, I apologize, but the numbers that our guys, we have good pitchers, no elite pitcher, but they're all pretty brutal when uh, going the third time through the lineup. Getting crazy feedback. Yeah. Are you? Is that your, do you have your phone closed to the mic or something? I don't think it's that. I don't know. Okay, I'll edit this out now. Um, I'll talk through it, and hopefully the people aren't hearing it. Um, yeah. The 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 Yankees pitchers are all collectively bad third time through the through the lineup, and yes. not needing or the or the fact that in playoffs you don't really do that that often. Like the only the special special breed gets asked to do that: Sale, Verlander, Kershaw. Even Rich Hill for the Dodgers had like what, like a no hitter going and didn't get asked to do that uh, like two World Series ago or maybe last. I think it was versus the Astros that when that happened. So all those things add up to me like, wow, okay, maybe strengthening the bullpen is an option. And you you go like maybe instead of needing that one ace, because the one thing everyone says now is you need the ace, need the ace. Well, if you have three guys that can give you 
five innings and then a ton of bullpen arms, that seems like just another way to go about it that could work. It was yeah. eye-opening for it, me, all those stats. I was like, ah, that's it, kind of like a light bulb went off. If you could get you know Masahiro Tanaka for four or five innings and uh, Adam Adovino and Canely seven innings, like that's that's what the Yankees are trying to do as their ace. <laughs> um, it's it's getting all those pieces lined up. Um, I don't know, Katie. I guess I guess getting away from the stats a little bit is it, it, did did you look at or think of any relievers that you you think would be the guy or the fit? I know we I the only relievers I really thought about uh, that just popped into my head were kind of the guys Boston was looking at for closers. I know Kirby Yates had been mentioned. Um, was it Shane Green on the Tigers? So I I don't know. I know this I, this wasn't planned. This Giles, uh, this I've thrown you on the spot a little bit, but it, I, I guess kind of an opinion if you if you think anyone might be a better fit than another. Yeah, I mean, I definitely I've looked at Kirby Yates. He's he, he's excellent. I mean, if he he has the lowest uh, woba allowed of any of any pitcher in in baseball right now. Um, you know, putting whatever the minimum innings he has, and um, you know, another a couple other guys. One guy I saw mentioned today in an article, Amir Garrett of the Reds, who's having a fantastic season. He's a lefty, um, and uh, and they, you know they're looking to sell. I'm sure. Um, and then uh, a couple guys on the White Sox, Aaron Bummer and, and Alex Colome, um, are having terrific seasons as well. They're young guys. Um, they'd be under control um, for a couple more years. Um, but really what you're trying to do is just kind of ride the hot wave of these, of these relievers. Um, you can't really expect – we're not really going to expect them to be able to, you know, help us in the future. We're, we're, I think, you know, you're just really focused on, on what they can do in the next two months and in the postseason. Well, and, and Katie, we'll uh, we'll see who it is. I mean, God, if you uh, we we've got that Red Sox series coming up. I mean, imagine if you're the Boston Red Sox and their struggles they've had this season, and then you see the Yankees pick up Kirby Yates. Holy smokes! Talk about a talk about a punch to the gut to them, um, Katie. I, I think where we uh, I, I'm gonna segue a little differently. It's to a guy in our bullpen who is saying, "Hey, do not." trade for another bullpen guy because I figured it out. We're good. Just uh, we'll, we'll do a quick second and third inning hail storm. Uh, David Hale has been, uh, I mean, special for the Yankees for the last, um, I don't know, what is it, month and a half, two months. Um, I, you know, I was, Jimmy saw me doing my butter knife stats where I was like, well, in his last 15 games, he's got a one point something ERA. And Jimmy just said, Tell his full season, because the full season is good enough as is. You don't even need to butter knife it. So I, I don't know. We, we've heard about the fastball a little bit from Coney on the broadcast, but would love to hear what else you have on uh, David Hale. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've been, I've been incredibly impressed with this guy. I, I really, I, I'll admit, I didn't really know much about him coming into this season. Um, and then, uh, he had sort of that two appearance cameo as a, as a long reliever at the end of May where he went four innings a couple times. He was okay. You know, he's pretty good. He gave up a couple runs. Um, but I mean, four innings, he gave him length. Um, and like you said, last 15 games, 24 innings pitched 1.85 ERA. Um, he's scoreless. He's unscored on, he's scoreless in his last nine appearances. Um, so he's been, I mean, he's been super impressive. 
there's no, there's no doubt about it, even his, his season numbers, as you mentioned. Um, and, you know, what I really like about him is that he brings a totally different approach um, than the other guys in our bullpen who are the high velocity, the high strikeout, these nasty, nasty pitches um, that, that, uh, that, that, that we have, you know, Adam Adovino or Araldus Chapman, um, Britain with the sinker, um, just these really nasty pitches. Hale doesn't do that. Um, you mentioned kind of like the biggest difference from last year to this year is he did increase his fastball velocity, um, but really, you know, it went from 91 to 93. So basically it went from below average to average. And to me, yeah, that's great, but it is not a, that's not the difference maker for him um, to me. Uh, he doesn't use it to get whiffs. He doesn't use that four-seam fastball as like a rising pitch, you know, at the top of the zone um, that we see a lot of times, you know, in this, in this era of, uh, of trying to combat the launch angles. Um, it's actually got less spin um, and a lot more sinking action compared to other four-seamers. It is still a four-seamer. Um, and so what he does, what he has is basically he is, he's got sort of kind of like four elite traits that I see, maybe three, three, or, three or four. One, he's got great control. So if you're not going to have a great strikeout rate, and he basically has one of the lowest strikeout rates in the majors. Um, really? Yeah, he's, he's averaging, I think, less than six strikeouts per, per inning. Wow. Um, so it, it, it is one of the, uh, one of the lowest strikeout rates uh, in the majors. But what he does, if you're not going to get strikeouts, there's things you got to do. You got to not walk anybody, right? You want to get grounders and weak contact. And then the, the other thing that's pretty much as good as a strikeout is infield pop-ups. So if you can do all those other things well, um, I think that that's a good proxy for not getting, you know, that, that sort of makes up for his low strikeout rate. And he is, he's actually elite at all of those other things. Uh, so what I want to do, I'm just going to go through some numbers here. He's got a 4.7% uh, walk rate, so that's per, per plate appearance, um, which is in the top, basically top 7% of the league. The MLB average is 8.7%. So he's basically, you know, twice as low as that. Uh, he's got a 52% ground ball rate where the league average is, uh, is 45%. And he's got above average ground ball rates on all of his pitches. So he's got hmm. basically, he's got a, he's got a four seamer, a sinker, a change up, and then a breaking ball. It's either a curve or a slider. Don't really know what to call it. Um, but, uh, above average ground ball rates on all four of those. Um, and then he gets, uh, Infield fly balls on 24% of all the fly balls that he gives up, which is the fourth highest rate in the majors. So one of every, basically one out of every four fly balls is going to be a pop-up. Um, and then his, uh, his hard hit rate is 25%, uh, which is the third lowest in the majors. Um, and uh, his soft contact rate, which you can find on fan graphs, um, is the highest in the majors. It's 31%. Um, wow. So he, he is elite at basically all the four things you can do besides striking a guy out. And Katie, if you're, if you're David Hale, this, this is a little off the topic of just how good he's been. Um, you know, it, it looks like he's having a little later in his career uh, revitalization or whatever you, you want to call it. 
Um, I, I think what's interesting with all that information, if I'm David Hale or, or maybe more importantly, David Hale's agent, um, and I, I guess this is away from the Yanks, should he be looking to try to get back into starting pitching? Because a lot of teams, I mean, even if they see those numbers, you know, they still want the Dellen Batances or the Tommy Canely that's going to have a K for nine around, uh, you know, 12 per nine or something like that. Ooh, Jimmer, what what you got? I still want those guys. I like what David Hale's done for us, but and I, I respect all the numbers. I am not putting any stock into David Hale. Woo. I, I, he's done well for us. Um, he doesn't strike anyone out. We're talking about what I don't like about Jonathan Holder. Um, he just doesn't have electric stuff. I don't think he's going to last in the bullpen. And then um, A.J. Cole... Remember AJ Cole, our best friend? Remember oh, when yeah. he came over and he got like slop time and all that, and he had a 19.2 innings pitch to a 0.92 ERA, and we were like, AJ Cole's yeah. found something. AJ Cole's got it. So I think we ride this hailstorm as long as it takes us, but I do believe it's going to dry up. And uh, it's not like, well, this is a slump. Like, I think we're, we're seeing Cinderella right now just based on how he pitches, who he pitches, and his history. And I, that might be harsh, but I appreciate what he's done for us. But you kind of – I know it was just a segue that you used, Jake, but to say we're not – we shouldn't go get bullpen help because Hale might step up into that role, there's no way we can rely on that. Well, I guess that's what I'll pivot yeah. back to Katie. Um, cause, and I'll, we'll get back to my should David Hale's st- – agent go around to teams this offseason and say hey let my guy be a starting pitcher for you um but it, i i mean does all does all that resonate with you or i mean do the numbers maybe speak a little more than than maybe jimmy's reliever pessimism which is isn't too far off from the truth well i mean the thing is like he is generating a ton of this weak contact what i do like is the control you know when you don't walk guys that i think is a is one of the strengths that maybe like, you know, a Jonathan Holder doesn't have. Yeah. Um, Can I ask your question? Katie? He, so he, yeah. The numbers you had for him, they're from 2019. Um, I've yes. seen, I, I'm looking at 2019 is four seamer is his most popular pitch. Can you bring, I don't know. I don't know if this is hard. Don't worry about it. But can you bring up last year? Because I'm looking at a website yeah. that I think is from last year and his four seam fastball was his third most popular pitch. And their write-up is Hale doesn't resort to the four-seam fastball often, and he had less than positive results. It has never been able to well, get swinging. So, like, did he just find I th- I th- control with his four-seamer, and now it's his number one pitch? I think what you have to look at is the fact that he only pitched he only pitched in from 2016 to 18. He pitched 15 innings. Oh, okay, six All games. Right. So. so, so yeah. I really am I'm not considering anything in those years because he was bouncing around. I think it was was he in Korea yeah, um, last Korea year a bit. He was he was in Korea last year, he was in Triple A. I mean he was bouncing around for the past literally like three seasons before this. Um Oh and, and literally seen... bouncing around. If anyone doesn't remember, last year Hale pitched for us. We yeah. DFA'd him, traded him to the twins, then he pitched for the twins, I think against us, maybe. Was it the twins? And then they DFA'd him and traded him right back to us. That was like a journey yeah. he went on last year and then finally said, you know what? 
Uh, let's just do Korea. Yeah, so like Oakland. I basically have I have not taken any stat stock into what he did in the last three seasons. He hasn't had any significant um, MLB time since 2015. Um, so I really didn't co- want to compare anything to any you know to his recent stuff from last year. Um, but what I do think is that you know, like I said, I like the control. The weak contact, you know, it does scare me a little bit because you don't know how sustainable that can be. Um, the thing I do think that's that's helping him is he's able to get a lot of contact on pitches out of the zone. So that's how he's generating that wi- that weak contact. Um, that you know that that could be a little scary at sometimes, but the numbers actually say that what he's doing is sort of real. Like his expected numbers are very, very close to what his actual numbers. And the, the expected numbers I'm, I'm talking about are uh, per stat cast using exit velocity and launch angle. So this year, at least, those are, those are pretty, you know, those are pretty real. Um, the one point that I think is, is not sustainable is the home run to fly ball ratio, which is very low right now. I think he is going to give up some more home runs. I wouldn't be surprised at that if that happens. Um, you know, the positive is that he doesn't give up a lot of fly balls. He's very low fly ball, right? He gets a lot of grounders and, and infield pop-ups, like I said. Um, so there are some good signs there, but then at the same time, you know, the fact that he he doesn't have that that swing and miss stuff, um, you know, is, is, a, is a little bit of a concern, and, and, and rightfully so. Yeah, and I, I think the uh, Jim, the A.J. Cole comparison is a lot of fun. I think there's... There's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences, too. I think A.J. Cole had struggled as a major leaguer, but what he had going for him was he used to be a big-time prospect. So when A.J. Cole got it going a little bit, it kind of started this, you know, is this what the Yankees do now? Like, they were revitalizing some former guys in their minor leagues, too. Dylan Tate, who we ended up flipping to Baltimore. Um, I, I think for Hale, there there is a nice mix of things to look at. The fastball has gone up a couple ticks, which which maybe that helps. And and like you said, it was small sample size, but maybe he's gotten a little better with that fastball. Maybe the other stuff can play a little better off off of it. I think one thing Katie said at the end there that I think would scare me is the soft contact out of the zone because if you don't have strikeout stuff I wonder if that becomes part of the scouting report maybe guys start taking a few more pitches from Hale um and and then you find yourself in some some situations uh we know this we root for guys in pinstripes he's been great for us um I I won't predict David Hale making the all-star game as a starting pitcher next year um but uh it it seems like and I mean, there's a chance. I I won't say no, but um, you know, maybe the Marlins. But um, I don't know. I think I think something that that does speak. Um, and no offense to to any of the three of us, but the way you hear David Cohn talk about him, I I think that means something. Yeah, and what yeah. I really like is that he gives he gives us a little bit of a different look in the bullpen. Um, yeah, you know what I mean, like just kind of a change up there. So, you know, maybe guys get geared up and they're, they're gearing up to see the Aralis Chapman fastball, the Dellen Batances fastball, the, the nasty slider from Adovino. Um, and then you got this hail guy and he's, he's throwing this, this four seamer that just drops, 
drops like you wouldn't like you wouldn't know it, and he's got a really good change up um, and a breaking ball that just gets grounders. Um, that's just really hard to hit to square up on. So I think that you know there is a lot of value in that and having a little bit of diversity coming out of the bullpen, especially if we do you know if if we do make the bullpen double down on the bullpen and have it as a huge strength. Um, having different types of guys that you can roll out there to to mix it up, I think is 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 a really good thing for the for this team. Yeah, and uh, Katie, I, I think we want to now go to some something that's a lot of fun um, or has been fun recently. Uh, another guy that, um, I don't know, I, I'm not going to start saying cash God, but it's been, uh, it's been really good baseball for a while now. And it, it is so funny how the brain works that uh, if you weren't locked into this Yankee season and maybe you were locked into the first two weeks, you weren't wrong by mentally writing off Mikey Talkman. Um, cause he came out and who was that guy? Um, and I, I think Jimmy and I ran into some, some good baseball theories and some Jake and Jimmy baseball theories. Like, I don't know. I think, I think being friends with guys on the team helped, <laughs> um, as we, we watch, uh, some good clips of him loving to talk about his home runs and some different things on the field. Katie, I, I know, um, I, well, not everyone knows him, but we know the left hand, the lefty versus lefty stats are just obtuse, for lack of a better word. Um, but uh, I, I mean, is there anything else that we've seen from Mikey T, or, or what? What else do we need to know? Yeah, um, I know we love Mikey T, man. I mean, this this guy is just—he's becoming my one of my favorite players here. Uh, I love, I love the fact that he wears that eye black. You know, oh yeah, all the time, all the time. He's, I feel like he goes to bed in it. Um, I mean, I feel like he, he's that type of guy. He <laughs> hopes before every game that there's a football scout in the crowd that sees him and is like, "Hey, why don't you come try out and play free safety for us?" That's exactly. his like. That's his little kid that brings the glove to the stadium and thinks they're gonna get called on the field. Mikey T does that with football scouts. Who's his team? Awesome. He's from. That. He's from uh, Ohio. Is he a Browns? He's from fan? like Chicago. He's got to be a Bears guy, right? Oh, Bears fan. Oh, okay. Da Bears. Da Bears. Do you think we get a more amped up, dialed in Mike Talkman come fall, or a distracted? He's on to football season, Mikey Talkman. Ooh, that's tough. I don't I, know. No, I think I'm. I'm guessing amped up. I think he's gonna like try and fire guys up because he gets. He's gonna be so fired up, you know that that football is starting and fantasy. I, he's going to be the fantasy football. Oh, that's a great call, Katie. That's a great call. Yeah, whoever, was like, the pre- whoever was the previous fantasy football organizer, Mikey T just stepped on that, your throat. He just, yep, exactly. If you like Game of Thrones as much as he does and you like football as much as he does, you are the fantasy football guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that people are just going to get so excited because he's so excited, you know, just kind of like that infectious thing is, it's just gonna it's just it's gonna light up the the uh, the clubhouse, you know. Yeah. Um. So back to baseball and uh, why <laughs> Mike Talkman is just so awesome right now. Um. So what I did is I kind of obviously with Talkman he doesn't have you know the the plate appearances of most of the of all the leaders of all the qualifiers. So what I like to do is kind of just put them on an even platform with everybody else. So pro you know prorate a lot of the stats. Um. Uh, and and kind of look at where he stands and what he's doing this season to put his season into perspective. 
Um, so basically, uh, what I did is, you know, I started off with war, right? Uh, winds above replacement. And so what I did is I looked at, you know, how, how does this war project out for about 600 plate appearances, um, which is a, a typical, a typical season. Um, and so what I found is I did that and he is actually ninth in the majors in wins above replacement. If you look at it on a rate basis, uh, per 600 plate appearances. So he's on pace. If, it, if he got 600 plate appearances, it would be about six and a half wins above replacement ninth in the majors. Um, so obviously a t when you're, when you're top 10 in that stat, uh, that's pretty good. Um, and then uh, the other thing that I kind of wanted to mention is, you know, he's just, he's been, he's, if you look at his season numbers, it's not that great. As you guys mentioned, he's, he had, he was a little bit, he had some, some rough, rough couple first weeks there, but um, since May 5th, and yes, I am cherry picking a date um, <laughs> that we all like to do May 5th. He kind of hit his, like what I did is he hit basically his lowest point on May 4th. So since May 5th, this is his line. It's it's 23 games. It's 65 plate appearances, 386, 462 on base, 632 slugging, which is equal to a 189 weighted runs created plus, which is you know the catch all all you know offensive stat, which means he's 89 percent better than the league average in that span. And I was like, oh, wow, that is really good. And that's 23 games, 65 plate appearances. Um, and then I looked at some ranks of where he ranks in the majors uh, since May 5th. So we, among guys with at least 60 plate appearances, he's got the second best batting average, the highest on base percentage, 10th uh, in slugging, 4th in OPS, and 3rd in weighted runs created plus. And if you kind of want to just look at those four other guys ahead of them in OPS, in OPS, first is Mike Trout. Second is uh, Jordan Alvarez, who, if you guys don't know, is absolutely raking for the Astros, by the way. Christian Yelich, and then Mike Talkman. Those are the OPS leaders <laughs> since May 5th. Mikey T right there. <laughs> was that... <laughs> you, want me to, you want me to repeat those names again was, for you? Was, was, was that Jordan Alvarez, the, the guy on Houston who just set the record... Who just yeah. beat Albert Pujols' record for most RBIs in the first thirty games, and Christian Yelich, yeah. the defending NL MVP, Katie, and Mike Trout, who just happens to be the best player in baseball. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of him before too. So yeah, okay. so Mike Talkman fourth in OPS since May fifth behind those guys. Sorry, he couldn't be higher, but you know. Um. So he's been on this incredible run, not just the last. Five games, nine games, you know, we're, we're you know, 23 games, 65 plate appearances. And we mentioned the left-handed numbers, um, 448 batting average, 515 on-base percentage, 621 uh, slugging. And a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, well, it, it's, you know, it's, it, it is a small sample, right? But the, but the dirty little secret is that he has tremendous splits against left-handed pitchers in the minors. So this is not just you know, or one, you know, a couple games in the majors, his minor league splits in 2018 against lefties, 378 batting average, 402 on base, 633 slugging in 2017, 
370 batting average, 457 on base, 593 slugging. So this is a guy who has proven, I mean, at the minor league level, yes, that he can hit lefties. So I think that, you know, people shouldn't be that surprised um, that he's doing it. Um, and, you know, definitely let's, let's ride this wave. Um, and then a couple other things that really stood out to me in terms of his, like, his profile is, yes, we have all these batting average, on-base percentage, whatever, slugging stats, but he is, he's a tremendous player in terms of his plate discipline, and he's a real grinder. So what I mean by that is he is seeing 4.4 pitches per plate appearances, which is basically like Aaron Judge level. Exactly. The major league average is 3.9 pitches per plate appearance. So basically, he's seeing the same amount of pitches as, as Aaron Judge per plate appearance. And he has an 825 OPS when he's behind in the count. When he's behind in the count, that's his OPS, which is basically twice as good as the league average. So it's a two, 204 OPS plus. Um, so this, this guy is a grinder. He, you know, and you can see it there. He walks up to the plate now, and he's got confidence. Um, the other thing that really stood out to me is his patience. He has a 12% walk rate where the league average is 8.5%. His chase rate, and now this is, this is one of the most astounding things to me, he's got an 18% chase rate. So he chases only 18% of pitches out of the zone. 28% is league average. So this 18% chase rate is, uh, is 13th in the majors right now when you look at, you know, kind of break it down to um, a, a certain minimum. And the guys that he's sandwiched between, 12th and 14th, Joey Votto and Mike Trout. So what he has just got, he's got this incredible discipline at the plate. He's grinding out these at-bats, and, and that's what really has made him so successful, I think, um, as a, you know, in, in making this leap to the major league level. Katie, I, I hope there's someone, there's a, a fan of a random team tuning in for the first time after this weekend's Talking Yanks blow up, and they're like, wow, this, this sharp stats thing, I am into this. And then they just heard Mike Talkman get, get mentioned with Mike Trout twice, and now they're a little, little hesitant about it. But uh, those numbers are awesome and, and something that uh, I know Jimmer's been saying a little bit, and I, I think you said some impressive stuff there with the war. Um, uh, you know, Jimmy thinks there's a chance he could be traded. Um, you know, Cameron Maben started a rehab assignment today. Um, there's another popular Yankees outfielder uh, slash DH that everyone knows is on the block. Um, I, I don't know, Jim. Do you do you still think he gets moved? You got to see what's going on with Cameron Maben and Gardner right now. Uh, actually, with Gardner's health up for debate, we'll see what happens in Game Two and Game Three of this Minnesota series, but. Game one, there's a pinch running opportunity, and Didi pinch runs, who's the worst base runner on the team, instead of Brett Gardner, who's the best base runner in, like, top five base runner in the AL. That means Gardner is uh, banged up worse than we know. And just because of that, and Stanton up in the air, I think they'll keep Talkman around. Because uh, the, the worst thing is he's in the minors and back next year, right? And like we talked well, about, I don't think he's fetching a big return. He already got traded once for Philip Deal, so the bar's not set super high. Uh, so I did think that, 
but with the Gardner injury and kind of taking his uh, his the rest of his contract, I think he's an asset now to keep. Yeah, and I I would have to check his options. I I would want to say he's, he's got, out of he's options. got one op- he's got one option left. Right. So I, just I mean, checked, ha- yeah. Having him around for this season, I mean, makes so much sense as an insurance policy. And I mean, again, uh, an insurance policy that's been on on pace uh, recently for some of the best war in baseball. Um, I I think what will be interesting is when uh, when this offseason comes around, you know, what goes on with Brett Gardner, Cameron Mabin. Uh, Mike Talkman is he someone that they think can come and compete for that left field spot? We know his defense is there. We know the Yankees value that. Or do the Yankees think that you know they get in trade negotiations this off season? And uh, you know you could with a lot of the stats that Katie just gave us, you could see a team circling Mike Talkman and saying like, "Hey, this guy was doing it in AAA. He did it." With the Yankees, I mean, there's a chance this guy could be a genuine diamond in the rough. I, I think he's going to be a very interesting trade piece slash just one of the more interesting pieces in this franchise to talk about when the offseason rolls up. I figured it out. He's okay. not getting traded this year because he has options next year. Next year, he'll be up and down, and he'll be traded at the deadline next year, just like Tyler Austin as soon as Tyler Austin had all his options used, they traded him for whatever they could get back. Talkman's on the same path. Unless he shines bright as a player. Which he could. Yeah. But if they're going to trade mean, him, if they're going to trade him, they're going to keep him as insurance for one more season, use that last option next year, then deal him. And I, yeah, I, I, think, I, I, think it would be a, I think it would be a mistake to trade him this year. Um, yeah. Just because yeah. of the depth that we need, uh, we never. I mean, with the injuries that we've had, we cannot be affording, you know, to trade or, trade guys that have been this so productive, you know, been so productive at the at the major league level right now. I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this will make some Yankee fans excited. This will make some Yankee fans sad a little bit. Um, I'll tell you what, I'd be pretty excited if you told me next spring training we had a Mikey T versus Clint Frazier battle for oh. left field. Holy smokes! Would I tune in for that um, every day? So that's uh, that's just getting myself geared up. A the little guy bit. who hosts um, all the events in the clubhouse versus—I know who the team's rooting for. <laughs> Man, yeah. <laughs> minute, minute 55 um katie do you have a, a and again i know we we were getting together a little late do you have a sharp stat of the week by chance oh absolutely yeah okay um, well, let me uh let yeah, me preface let's do it, it a, let me preface it a little bit uh our our partners mazer gaming we've been talking about them what's their name jim mazer gaming mazer gg yeah um at, glory, yeah. glory, hallelujah. Glory, you, you keep, glory, hallelujah. You keep thinking it's tied to that. Um, if, if you guys have been listening to Talking Yanks by now, you've heard us saying Mazer Gaming. Uh, they've reached out to us initially. They loved our vibe, which so that shows they're a little off, I guess. But um they're super cool. They're into gaming. If you've ever played a video game ever, which you have, I mean, you've even 
My my mom's got a couple apps on her phone. She's gotten into it. Um, they're cool guys. Follow them at MazerHQ on on the Twitter sphere. Uh, we've got a tweet out there. They're giving away a hundred dollars worth of Yankees ticket, a Mazer jersey. It's a game of your choice. Um, ends August first. All you have to do is follow them, follow us, give it a retweet. And uh, you could go to basically whatever Yankee game you want. Um, so Mazer Gaming, they've been super cool to us. If you're just one of those persons that's always like, hey, we just want to support you guys, um, if you support at HQ on Twitter, you're supporting us. So with that, KT Sharp, what is your Sharp stat of the day? Well, as a... So, so uh, one of the things, you know, obviously one of the big events of the weekend was the was the Hall of Fame ceremony, and the Yankee fans were well represented there um, to cheer on two of the inductees, uh, obviously the great Mariano Rivera and Mike Mussina. Um, so I thought it would be good to uh, to do a couple stats of the week on uh, on those guys. Um, so this is what I got. I mean, these obviously because they're in the Hall of Fame, it's there's a lot of amazing stats about these guys, uh, both of them. Um, and I kind of wanted just to, to pick out two of my favorites that just really a little bit unique. They kind of, kind of told the story of their, of their careers, maybe, um, in a, in a cool way. Um, so we'll start with Messina because obviously we got to close with Mo, right? Um, so we'll start with Messina. And, uh, one of the things that you know, I really appreciate about Messina. He was, I mean, he was just a tremendous pitcher. One of my favorites for on the Yankees um, growing up. And uh, I loved his defense. I love the fact that he was not just, you know, an elite pitcher in that sense, but he was one of the best fielders of his generation at the position. Um, so what I did is I looked at pitchers that had at least seven gold gloves, which is how many Messina has, and a career ERA plus of 120 or better. So we mentioned ERA plus before. Um, it's relative to the league average. I like using that stat when I look at historical stuff because you're able to compare guys across eras, across leagues, um, you know, guys in the 90s to guys in the 60s. So pitchers with at least seven gold gloves and a career ERA plus of 120 or better, that would be Mike Mussina. Bob Gibson and Greg Maddox, all guys that were amazing, you know, very, very good pitchers for their entire careers and very good fielders. Wow. Um, so Jim, you, there you go. Jim, you think, you think Tanaka gives Musina kind of a stink Ooh. guy every time he comes around and he's like, I should have a couple of those. Yeah. Messina was a Messina's fielding was a product of his delivery, which isn't a knock. Yep. Right. But like, I think you put him at short. I don't think he's like, like, I think you put, this is such a weird thing that I'm saying. You put another pitcher like Tanaka or Mariano. I think they're both better fielders than Moose. If you put them around the diamond, but Moose set himself up to, to field balls so well in his delivery that he was good. Does that make any sense? Yeah, he. No, that's that's absolutely, and I've heard David Cohn talk about that as well, um, and uh, and I believe you know guys like John Flaherty and things like that on on the Yes broadcasts. Um, I think that, Moose, uh, Moose Moose is a great fielding pitcher. You think that Masahiro Tanaka and the guy that Katie's about to talk about are just great fielders? 
Well, they're more Mo, athletic. Mo's a great you athlete. Would, I don't know about Tanaka, yeah. but I'll just say it. What, I mean, what Mo was one a shortstop. You got for us, Katie? Oh, I, I got a Mo stat for you. Um, this is the, the Mo, Mo, the Mo, the Moest of the Mo stat. Um, <laughs> and we're just, closing it, best obviously. Ever. Best. Yeah. Well, he's go. we know that. Um, so, ERA plus I'm using again. So, Mo, in his career, had 12 seasons with at least 60 innings pitched and a 200 or better ERA plus. So, twice as good as the league average. No other player in MLB history has more than six of those seasons. And Mo has 12. So obviously, you know, the 60 innings pitched, you know, it does a little bit, you know, kind of limits some of, you know, the ability of, you know, to, to for, for a lot of the starters to accumulate that high ERA plus. But the fact that he has 12 and no one else has more than six, it, I mean, that's just, that's just incredible. That's crazy, Mo. Yep. Now we're now yeah. Mo, Mo, Mo spoiled the Yankees fan base so much. I get I get Twitter comments all the time like, "Miss Mo, Chapman's good, but he scares me." It's like, we don't were we were him definitely to the best blessed ever to do it. I think. I think you compare people to Mo, you're going to have a hard time finding someone you like. Ooh, Katie, that might that might become. I might make that a research project for you. Find like the most average good closer ever like i don't know is it armando benitez is it someone like that so we can say like don't compare people to mariano rivera because that will never be fair compare papelbon he had a great run oh yeah but we don't like him (laughs) what was the other closer that i hated valverde Ooh, no oh god no Uh, the the other thing the other thing I'll say uh, while we while we start wrapping it up is uh, Katie, you just got me more excited for advanced stats because that stat you just just dropped about Mo is so awesome that there's going to be more and more advanced stats that leak out through the years that just like melt my face like that Mariano one he basically had double as many great years than any pitcher ever. Um, you know, I, I jump and think about those Barry Bonds on base percentage numbers and those those stats always blow your mind. Like if, if all is if all of if all of Barry Bonds' home runs were strikeouts, he'd still have a yes. better strikeout rate than like all of these Hall of Fame guys. It's insane. So you just got me excited for more cool advanced stats or sharp stats, if you will, in the future. Jake is excited about cool. the stat that's gonna come out in two thousand twenty eight. That lets you know how good Mo was. Yeah. Okay. It'll 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 keep it'll keep Mo's it'll keep Mo's memory even more around. All right, I'm I'm ending up in a weird place as I normally do. Um, Katie, as always, you're the best. Um, we have one rule with talking Yanks and Sharp stats. We tweet at Katie Sharp and we thank her. Um, that's the one rule. Um, she's she is our Mariano Rivera, our closer. Um, so when I'm, when I'm just grabbing stats out of thin air, she brings the real ones. Uh, Jimmer was battling today. He was our Mike Talkman grinding. And uh, I don't know. I, I was just being Musina today. I was just in position, ready to make the play if it was there. Um, I threw a couple balls away, but that's kind of how it goes with me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, let's go Yanks. Go Yankees.